I have a new website for rhinoplasty coming out um, that I've been working on for the last few months. I did a, a virtual consultation for male rhinoplasty, uh, but I also wanted to do a podcast that is supplementary to both the website as well as to my practice. And the male rhinoplasty is very unique. If you think about traditionally, rhinoplasty has been mainly done on women. And because the concept is that a very large nose on a woman is not as attractive, it can be masculinizing appearance. But then if that is a truly a masculinizing appearance, so what happens when you do a rhinoplasty on a man? Are you going to feminize the nose? And the answer is possibly. And this is really the art of really having a good artistic judgment when you're approaching a, a nose for a man, which is, for example, if the nose is really truly out of proportion to the face, it may be something that causes uh, an unesthetically unbalanced appearance and where some level of reduction is, is, is helpful. The real question is how much reduction. So that's something that through an imager that I do during consultation, I can define with you what you're looking for. In some men, I actually leave a little bit of a convexity. Convexity means just a little bit of a hump left. And sometimes I think it looks straighter. It looks better straight. And that's part of the artistic judgment that I work with you on. If you say, look, Dr. Lamb, I really like a little bit of a hump left. And I look at it with you. I said, you know what? That sounds reasonable. Let's look at it. And some people say, look, I really want it straighter. But I leave a very strong bridge. And you don't want it, the bridge to be over-reduced on a male because it looks feminine. Um, the, uh, the other thing with the nose is sometimes you may have a weak chin. And the nice thing with a male is I can go stronger on a chin implant that can reduce the physical size of the nose by balance and also just make you look more masculine. So in, in, a, in, a, in essence, it can also offset if I reduce a little bit of the, of the nose to maintain that masculine uh, 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 physicality to the to the face. Um, and the nice thing with chin implants on men, I can go stronger. You may not need that. Um, this is a, just a generic general concept of male rhinoplasty. The other thing that's important in terms of psychology, men in their teenage to 20 years do really, really well with rhinoplasty in terms of big changes. They can psychologically adapt to it incredibly well. Men that are older in their 40s and 50s, if it's unless we're talking about a traumatic nose that's been hurt and I'm trying to straighten it and make it better, they oftentimes don't do as well with a major hump reduction, massive change to the nose. So I'm a little bit more conservative with older men, especially heterosexual men. Uh, when it comes to gay men that are more um, you know, more feminine in nature, for example, they do well. They actually do well, very well with rhinoplasty into their 60s and 70s because they have a more feminine um, disposition. And I can do a little bit more reduction and they're not so worried about demasculinizing their face. They, they may want a more petite tip. And this is the art of discussion with someone. If they're also, for example, if they've got a very hooked nose or an ethnic nose, they want, may want reduction of that. They, they also sometimes may be in a very competitive atmosphere. And if you think about Leonardo, Leonardo da Vinci's um, aging uh, portraits of men in their 60s, they all have this very hooked witches look, looking nose. And so sometimes as part of a facelift or part of other things, just by making the nose less protuberant or downturned, it can actually complete the rejuvenation of the face. But as I said, if I'm dealing with a heterosexual male, maybe in their 50s and 60s, I may be a little less aggressive in altering the shape of the nose for the psychological reasons I've mentioned. These are, you know, there's no way that I can create a, a two, three hour 
podcast. No one even wants to listen to it on the topic of male rhinoplasty. But I think it's worth covering some of the psychosocial, psychoemotional, physical changes that are, are there for rhinoplasty in this podcast. A couple other fine points that are to, to discuss. You got, there's also a condition called rhinophyma, which essentially is a condition of end-stage uh, acne rosacea where the nose gets really large. It, you think about W.C. Fields. Uh, if you even know who that is, you can Google it. It's an actor from the 19, I think, 30s and 40s that had a really large proboscis, a very large red nose that was inflamed looking. Uh, maybe Carl Malden with a large nose. If, again, these are probably very outdated terms for the younger people out there that don't know who they are. Um, but that means a shaving technique, actually shaving the skin down to limit that. And then I work with a, a medical doctor that is uh, like a dermatologist as to control the recurrence of this. So in aging noses, I do that as well. It's on my, rhino, on my website, on both websites, rhinoplasty and my facial plastic website. Just when noses start to sag, I try to bring those noses back up so they're not sagging as much. So hopefully this general um, podcast that talks about male rhinoplasty will help you as you start to Think about that more seriously, and I'd be happy to do a consultation with you, um, whether you're a good candidate or not.